five, four, three, two, one. It's time for a little Canadian content. Uh, uh, sometimes the show just starts off uh, really oddly and I can't discuss what's going on but there will be a program that we can chat about coming up Uh, here's what you do do not send instant messages at the beginning of your program That caught me off guard. Uh, I was sending something to someone to catch them off guard. Hang on one sec. I still had the fan blowing in my ear. There we go. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I sent somebody a uh, an image through an in- instant messaging system just to mess with them. And the response I got back caught me off guard. And of course, it uh, it messed with me. I, uh, I made myself laugh. That's right. Hi, everybody. I am Revelstoke Jim. Live and in person on... Uh, I don't even know what the date is anymore. I'm lost. It's the 2nd of sept- September. Wow. How did that happen? I guess it comes after August. It is the 2nd of September, Wednesday. Wednesdays are going to be very important to me in the future, and I'll explain why in just a minute. But this is September the 2nd, 2015, and I am live in the Log Broadcasting Center. What is the Log Broadcasting Center, you may wonder? It is a place where magic happens. If I were Willy Wonka, this is where the chocolate would be made. If I was Henry Ford, I would be rolling out Model T's. If I was Sam Walton, I would be ordering cheap shit from China and selling it out the back door. But I am Revelstoke Jim, and I make audio programming. That's right. That's what I do. From the Log Broadcasting Center situated at the corner of First and Main. The oldest, most historic building in Revelstoke, British Columbia. There is a big blue plaque on the outside that now says Revelstoke Jim worked here. Now, when I first read that, I thought, oh, I've been fired. But again, I am an elected official. I cannot be fired. I can only be impeached. And I'm telling you right now, if it's not happening for that lady in Kentucky, 
Well, it's sure as hell not going to happen to me up here in old Canada. Uh, oh, I got to send apologies. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to mention something earlier, but I did. So, I'm sorry. Now, our signal comes to you from beautiful. Oh, and today started out crappy. Listen, yesterday happened. I cannot take back September 1st. It happened. It was cold, rainy. It was 13 degrees Celsius. It was just wet and horrible and miserable. And as I said, it was if somebody just turned the big switch over to fall and we had to live with it. But today... The sun came out, the sky was blue, and once again, uh, all is right. All the good people in Revelstoke are dancing and having a good time. Couldn't happen to a nicer little mountain town. So much, here, hang on, I'm even going to open the window because it's getting a little warm here in the broadcast center. Our signal, if you did not know by now, comes from the top of the mountain, goes down the dirt road across the river. And straight on to the information superhighway, where you can listen to me on your computer or your mobile device. Maybe you're sitting in traffic somewhere. Maybe you're in the grocery store. Or maybe you're just curled up in a big leather chair at some frou-frou wine bar. Looking to see how quickly you can get to the bottom of a bottle. Whatever the case... I hope you're listening to Revelstoke Jim for a smile, for a chuckle, because that's what I've been here for the entire time. All the way back to 1998. Let's uh, uh, let's turn on the uh, the old time machine. Yes, Revelstoke Jim has been there for you since 1998. There were a few years when I was idle. Not Canadian Idol, mind you. Not American Idol. But I was indeed not as active speaking into the microphone as I should be, even though I did hold down my vaulted position as Revelstoke's official internet broadcaster. Do not forget there was a time, and I still believe that time can be again, that Revelstoke was the internet broadcast capital of Canada. That's also on the plaque outside the Log Broadcasting Center that I stand under and point to when tourists walk by, just so they have an idea what they're dealing with. You can look at the forest, you can look at the mountains, You can look at the historic ski jump or the place that Pierre Trudeau walked on the sidewalk during a brief election visit in 1972. All those things are available to you. But why not stop by the Historic Log Broadcasting Center? Possibly run into me. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. I'll give you the whip. 
You give me the idol. Now, listen. There are changes afoot. See, boy, did I just... I just turned left at 180 miles an hour. I'm just about to shift gears. Here we go. This is what... Let me tell you what's happening at gabnet.net and Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content. I have been doing... Uh, programs on GabNet for the last uh, 18, 18 months. That's a lot. And I've been doing them three nights a week, bringing them to you on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. My favorite night of the week. I'll tell you plain and simple, my favorite night of the week is Monday. I love to tell you stories on Monday nights. And yes, we have called it Moose Poop Monday, but it's just the Moose Poop stories. They can be any time. I am very, very fond and hold dearly to my heart the tales of Woody, the Glazed Duke, Bunan, Jorgen Tolliver, Johnny Ray Bassard. All of these people in the Moose Poop stories mean a lot to me. So those stories will continue no matter what day of the week they're on. You can always hashtag Moose Poop. I will be there for you. But here's what we're doing. GabNet is going dark on Mondays. There will be no live programming on Monday. Our broadcast week will start on Tuesdays with Damian Chaplin and the Exchange, followed by Alex Bennett. He calls it the Ramble, but I am starting to call it the Harlem Home Companion. And then, all hail to the Queen herself, getting geeky with Miranda Janelle. And then on Wednesdays, in my same time slot, when normally it would be my second show of the week, it will be my only live show of the week. Wednesday nights. That's appointment. Internet. Internet appointment listening. Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Western Time, here on Gabnet.net. Now, the other thing. On Friday nights... There may be a rebroadcast of some classic Revelstoke Jim. Or, here's the special thing. Every couple of weeks, or maybe once a month, I'm not sure. I will let you know. There will be a special live Friday show. It may be full of calls on Skype. It may be, in fact, a special Revelstoke Jim and the Adventure Idiots bringing you an adventure like you used to listen to on Wednesday night. Who knows? The deal is... I need time to bring you the best work that I can possibly do. And I felt 
that I was losing the edge of what I wanted to do three nights a week. I was really happy with Mondays. Sometimes I'd be happy with Wednesdays. And Friday really wasn't working for me. So I wanted to condense that all into one good I, you know, there was a there was a point we thought let's condense it all, and we'll call it the Revelstoke Jim Good Time Hour. We'll have Muppets and we'll have dancing girls. We'll have an ice show. We'll have all this other stuff happening. But no, we're just going to keep it Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content on Wednesday night, and then on Friday there will be specials. And like I said, Adventure Night will come back. The Adventure Idiots will be there. I have a wonderful cast of people who know exactly what to do when Adventure calls. And I love them all so dearly. I get them. They get me. It all works. So I just want to say uh, thanks to them. This is the first time anyone is hearing any of this. So if I, all of a sudden, if I get emails that say, um, yeah, I quit. I'm not doing this. Forget it. I'm out. Well, then we'll figure something out. And you know what this means? I'll tell you one thing. This all means it'll be, it'll mean better moose poop, more beavers, and a higher quality of Canadian content right here on Gabnet.net, a tune-in partner. Now, let me tell you something else. You can still always find me on social media. I am on Facebook, Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content. You can make a friend with Revelstoke Jim. You can contact me on Twitter, at Rev Jim Can Con, which only one person has done tonight, but that's fine. It's somebody I want to hear from. You can find me on Instagram, Ello, Tumblr, Snapchat, SoundCloud. All you do is search for Revelstoke Jim. I guarantee you, I will show up. And when we get a tweet, we love to activate the ancient piece of equipment known as the Tweetmatic 1200. And it sounds a little something like this. All righty, let's go to the tweet. There are no tweets. There is one. And that's perfectly fine with me. It is from none other than, uh, well, somebody I'm very fond of, and I'm glad when he can show up. Sugarcat. Meow. And he says, did someone say Canadian content? Yeah, I did about a million times. It's time for Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content. At Rev Jim Can Con on Twitter right now. On Gabnet.net, hashtag Rev Jim. There you go. You know what happened tonight? I uh, 
I made a mad dash to get to the Log Broadcasting Center, and I could not find any of my proper hats. So I grabbed a hat that I don't normally wear, and I'm wearing it tonight. So if you join me later when I open up the Skype lines, uh, you'll see I'm wearing a different hat than I normally do, but it also has made me think of a conversation I wish to have. By the way, we've... <laughs> I got another tweet! Uh, it's from the Groovy Cat, who says... Yay! I'm hearing a Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi, Kitty. There you go. So, oh, I've also heard from our uh, shut-in... The, uh... The Casanova of the Cheese Valley in Wisconsin at Tessic, eleven thirty-eight, who says at Rev Jim Cancon Wednesday makes me horny like a Rummel Grove moose. Oh wow! Ah, that's uh, that's a little awkward. That's a little strange. Oh well. And uh, oh, I. <laughs> I got a message from, who did I get a message from? Oh, me, Donk7, who says, listening and enjoying. Sorry to hear you are only going to be once a week, but you need to take care of yourself. Yes, I do need to take care of myself. And I'm not dying that I know of. Well, I am technically, aren't we all? Oh, God, now that's just going to make me sad and, and, and miserable. No, I'm not dead. Uh, I just feel like it sometimes. No, stick a fork in me. I'm fine. Uh, it'll all work. I'm doing okay. Uh, there we go. No, it's uh, it's. Uh, I uh, I just appreciate hearing from you, good folks. <laughs> and then I get another response. Fuck. Didn't mean to bring on the funeral dirge. No, it's uh, it's fine. I'm I'm fine. I'll play some happy music later on, and that'll make everybody just peach keen fine. I honestly, I hey, nobody is doing this to me. I want that said right now. 
I am not being forced into some sort of horrible retirement. This is something I chose because I really wish to do the best work I can do. And as I said, with moose poop, I am, I am usually 80% happy with the moose poop, moose poop program. And what was happening on Wednesday nights and Friday nights, it was just the happiness percentage was becoming lesser and lesser. And I realized, you know what? I need a night that I can put my best into and have that happen. Uh, at Tessic1138 sends me a message. Uh, if you want to uh, go along and tweet this out, uh, he suggests hashtag attention whore Jim. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. And Tom Yamaguchi says, was that funeral music for Dean Jones? He died yesterday at 84. I know I read that. And I was very sad. Uh, I just damn sad. I, listen, I am, I am one of the biggest Love Bug fans out there in the world. Always have been, always will be. I love the little Volkswagen with the number 53 on it. It makes me smile. It always has. And to find out that Dean Jones died. Uh, really sad. You know, I have, a, uh, I have a copy on DVD of The Love Bug, the original movie. And it is, I'm lucky enough to have a copy that has a commentary track with Buddy Hackett and uh, Dean Jones. It is fascinating to listen to. Sadly, they spend part of the commentary track talking about people they know were now dead. But uh, Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content is firmly in the pro love bug camp. We just love Herbie. Oh, sorry, I faded out when I had a uh, drink of water in my mouth. Wow. Yeah, that is, the, uh, of course, the theme uh, to the, uh, the love bug. Always, always very. I think I'm going to go 
home tonight after the program and watch The Love Bug. And I will listen to the to the words from the grave of Buddy Hackett and Dean Jones. And try to forget the fact that Lindsay Lohan ever had anything to do with the love bug, except possibly give him an STD. The only good thing, listen, the only good thing about the movie Herbie fully loaded, which could have easily applied to its star, Lindsay Lohan, Lindsay fully loaded. Uh, the only good thing about that movie, Batman's in it. That's right, Michael Keaton. I'm Herbie. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? He should have just taken the damn car away from Lindsay Lohan, put it in the shop, painted it black, put a big yellow bat on it. And Batman and Herbie could have gone out fighting crime together. Oh, God, that would have been something. Hey, if you didn't already know, it is Wine Wednesday. So we're going to dedicate Wine Wednesday to our uh, lovely Queen of Gabnet, Miranda Janelle, wherever she is, when we come back, of course. Your calls at 347-352-0079. Gabnet live on Skype. I'm Revelstoke Jim. It's Wednesday. My future big night of the week. I think, uh, I think we can, uh, I think we can make them all memorable from now on, don't you? Nickel, honey, you got a dime. Let them get together, got to have a little wine. A five by a gallon, a five by a quart, a five black berry. Well, you're doing things smart, drinking wine, for they only drinking wine. Wine, for they only drinking wine. Wine, for they only drinking wine. Revelstoke Jim, putting up with your crap for over 16 years. Revelstoke Jim will take your Skype calls in just a moment.
You're listening to Rebel Stoke Jim. Ah, uh, that's right. You're listening to me, Rebel Stoke Jim, live from the Log Broadcasting Center in uh, Rebel Stoke, British Columbia. The Skype lines are open, Gabnet Live, or 347-352-0079. You know, we really wanted 0069, but then everybody would hold the phone the wrong way, and it just didn't make any sense. Then you couldn't hear the person on the other end of the phone. We've been joined by Patrick. Uh, I'm going to ask Mark to call back because he and Patrick, uh, they had a photo finish as the Skype lines opened. And nobody had the plus sign. So uh, there we are. There's Patrick. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing just wonderfully, wonderfully, wonderfully well. Wow, I'm. Uh, that's a lot of wonderfullys. Is that? Well, it's Wednesday. Is that because it's Wonderful Wednesday? Yes, because it's Wonderful Wednesday. I'm glad. Is that the new hashtag? That is. Okay, Wonderful Wednesday. Uh, Mark is with us too. Hi, Mark. Hey, Patrick. Yeah, I know he's spinning around. No, 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 no. Um, I just see the top of a hat. Oh, I don't even see that. I see him spinning around, and, and when I see a wheelchair guy spinning around, it makes me think, wow, he's got one brake on and one brake off. So I figured something weird was happening. Um, but anyway, there we go. Uh, I'm Yeah, there you go. Hey, we're actually having a Skype. Oh, there, I can just see his hat. Yeah, uh, I can't tell what his hat says. But he's actually using a proper Skype name tonight. Oh, it's the Harley Davidson. The one that he went all pussy on and took the tags off. Well, I wanted to be... <laughs> I wanted to follow the advice of Johnny White Trash. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, you mean Johnny Tight White Trash Pants. That's his new name. Hey, you know, whatever he wants to deal with that fine i'll call him tidy whitey if he wants there you go that would be the best thing considering the state he's been in on many of his phone calls let's just call him tidy whitey i like that i like that too everybody deserves a nickname we now have tidy whitey we have the adventure idiots i like that that's a great name i think that that suits that that's yeah you never know what's going to happen when an adventure idiot comes into the room indeed i think oh we got everybody's i though that just screams out for t-shirts yep anyway uh, <laughs> so uh what the advice of tidy whitey was to to take the tags off or leave them on take them off because if you leave tags and stickers on a hat you're a douchebag um yes Sac la douche, as we call them up here in Canada. 
Well, he uh, he he did it in in uh, English rather than in in French. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What can you do? You know, uh, you do not want to be a sac la douche with your uh, baton douche. You know, that's exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, I'm really impressed that we're actually, I'm able to, at the moment, I'm able to broadcast the show and hold a Skype conversation at the same time. And yet well, I still have my crappy old internet. Don't jinx yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know what it is? I'm wearing the Batman hat. That's what I think uh, the whole situation is. I could not find the Canada hat. I could not find the True North hat. So I had to grab something different before I sat down in the chair, and all that was handy was the Batman hat. Well, you are the Batman. Yeah, I so. am. I am the Batman of Gabnet. I only come out at night. Now I sound like Hollow Notes or something. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it well, be? I'm hey, bad or bad bugs, wouldn't but... it? Wouldn't it be cool if Hollow Notes were actually Batman and Robin? That would be scary. That would that would be a great cover. They could go out at night, do concerts, and then when crime showed up, Vanilla Ice is the Joker. Oh, yeah, all that. <laughs> I'm uh, I've had Batman on the brain today because a, a thought occurred to me, and I don't know why these thoughts occur. What if Bruce Wayne, as a young man, ventured down into the caves beneath stately Wayne Manor and had not found bats, but had in fact found a whole bunch of feral kittens. Interesting. Yeah. It would have just changed movies, uh, comic books, graphic novels, TV shows. You would have had a crime fighter who licks himself and he'd be called what? Kitty Man? Or you could just go straight to Cat Man. Well, wait a minute. What was that? Didn't Robert Lojo T H E Cat? Yes, he was a he was a cat burglar. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the cat. To, to, uh, and it stood for Thomas something something Cat. That was his name. He was like yeah. a uh, 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 a sophisticated type cat burglar. I think it only lasted like for a year, if that. Uh, uh, it was a black and white show. Um, uh, God, speaking of Robert Loja, he's ha he that man has had a career. Um, he is he has been around. Uh, Forever, and uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to spoil anything for it for uh, anybody who's just catching up on the Sopranos now. But there was <laughs> his his the end of his reign in the Sopranos when he sort of uh, uh, he's just hanging out in his in his wife beater t shirt and his and his parole officer sends him off back to the joint because he has. Somebody set him up with stolen TVs, and it's just like, uh, it's just so sad. But I remember him, and I have a copy of it at home uh, uh, on Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, where he was El Fago Baca, a, uh, um, a Spanish-slash-Mexican bandit kind of guy.
Somebody Donald Trump would hate. But <laughs> probably say was uh, was was making Orioles without a license and doing all sorts of other bad things. But no, I mean, he was great. And then, the, oh, God, years ago, then I caught up with him. Well, obviously, he was in Scarface. He was great in Scarface. Yes, I was just going to mention Yeah, that. I was going to, yeah, he was great in Scarface. And then there was the one <laughs> with John Cusack, the comedy. Uh, and he's the guy with the boat. And at one point, John, I think John Cusack, you know who will probably, uh, that fracking cat will probably be able to tell me off the top of his head. Yeah, T. Hewitt Edward Cat, Mark. Uh, 1966 to 1977, or 67, I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, just. It the, didn't last that long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm I'm scrolling through here and trying to find out. Well, what the name of that movie was? Come on. It would have been in the 80s. It's um, earlier than that. No. Um, where is it? I can't think of it. Anyway, he was just this... Uh, <laughs> he had a boat and he was trying to navigate the... Uh, the waters of the Caribbean, and I think John Cusack, they're in a storm, and it turns out it's not actually a map of the Caribbean that he's been navigating with. It was, in fact, a uh, uh, a placemat from a restaurant with the islands of the Caribbean on it, and it just cracked me up. I'm, I just, I, uh, I loved that. So, uh, let's see, what else? Oh, I did get some tweets, so let me just not ignore the tweets because uh, I get paid 75 cents for every tweet that comes into the program. It's part of the operating budget. <laughs> oh, and Patrick's got a toothache. Uh, oh, uh, Donk7 says... Uh, oh, no, um... Yeah, Donk Seven says, so sorry about Dean Jones. No clue who that is. Never saw Love Bug or anything he was in that I know of. Oh, and then Tom Yamaguchi says, in regards to Dean Jones, how can we forget what's it all about, world? Oh, I guess we can. Actually, Dean Jones had a hell of a career. He was, all, I think his screen debut was in a Jack Lemmon movie called Under the Yum Yum Tree. Uh, there, You look up Dean Jones on the Internet Movie Database uh, you're going to see some love bug movies. You're going to see a bunch of other stuff. I always liked them. Uh, the, oh, the the uh, the Shaggy DA, I think. He did a lot of Disney work. What else do I have coming in on the tweets? And Tom says, sorry, Jim, you can't use the name Catman. That name has already been taken by a local Oakland reporter. Well, I'm sure the people of... Catman 2 will have something to say about that. You just can't... <laughs> you just can't usurp the name Catman 2 from uh, a country. So there you go. No, I'm I'm thinking, uh, yeah, he's, he's raised by... Well, he's not raised by cats, uh, but he's influenced by cats and, and all his, his equipment and everything else uh, is um, cat-related. The Catmobile... 
I, I would think the uh, and there's no there would maybe there is no cat cave. Maybe at the <laughs> maybe he's got a house on the beach and he just returns to a big sand pile every night. And then he gets out and he and he moves the sand around and covers up the Catmobile. <laughs> what? I, I I would just picturing him moving the, the sand around and being that you know he would be very friendly with felines. Every once in a while, he'd accidentally kick a turd. Because it wasn't buried deep enough, or he was kicking too deep. So, or, or yeah. he has some device that he shoots at the bad guys, and they automatically clump, or something like that. Oh, or he could, or he could clean out the litter box every night and use that as ammunition too. Oh, that that could be. That could be. That would be awesome. And then, but the thing, if he was Catman. Uh, a crime would be committing, be committed near him, and he might just stare at it with indifference and indignation, and like, "Oh, screw you! I got other things to do." You know, oh, I like I, I'm gonna go look out the window here for a while. Oh, look, a laser pointer! See that that would be the thing that the bad guys. <laughs> He'd get a laser pointer and distract Catman from his from his duties, or, or a uh, aluminum uh, foil little uh, thing on a stick <laughs> with a feather. Yeah, what a feather! Yeah, you could see somebody like the Joker caliber using that. Hey, Catman! What? Look, and then you know, yeah, very. Why isn't that? Why is that not made into a parody movie by now? I don't know. I just thought of it. Write it. What do you <laughs> do? It, I mean, it, it, the schedule changing now. Write it. Well, it's that it's that time of year. I know what you're saying. You know what? The other cool thing would be possibly, uh, and you could refer to the bad guys as frisky villains. No, come on. I'm trying to come up with something new. Hey, I'm going to have a week at a time to think of this crap. So, yeah, anyway, I still, I still think, <laughs> well, what? If, if he, Bruce Wayne. Yes. Wouldn't he be getting frisky with the ladies? Uh, I don't know. Alfred, is that what Bruce Wayne does? Alfred could have had him fixed. I don't know. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, but, I never even thought of that angle. I don't know. And again, he might not be Bruce Wayne. Don't forget, he may be. He may be in... He and Robin. I've, I, we're already, we've already possibly established this is happening. Oh, what the hell's going on there? Uh, they may be, in fact, Hall of Notes. No one is going to suspect mid-80s soft rockers as as crime-fighting duo. 
Catman and I don't know who I don't know what the uh, the I don't know what his sidekick would be. Uh, what? You. Catman and do. <laughs> Catman and do. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That sounds really oh, strange. I don't know. A mouse. <laughs> um. No, I think I think we were doing better with uh, naming Mr. White Trash as, as Tidy Whitey. Hey, <laughs> tweets. Oh, and this tweet goes to Diana. So, uh, she says, "Here's your three bits worth." Dean Jones was the all-American boy symbol, the boy next door, an all-around nice guy. Well, nice guys finish last. The girls don't want nice guys, do they, Patrick? F. I'm still single. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because you're a nice guy. That's right. Oh, I thought you were a bad boy. Uh, I only play one on TV. I see. Uh, and Jim Riley says, good evening, Jim. The Sand Cave Box. Uh, nice to have you with us, Jim. Uh, I, I don't know if you heard the earlier part of the program, but uh, we are changing things up here in the Log Broadcasting Center. This Wednesday nights will be our primary broadcast evening. And Fridays will be rebroadcasts and the occasional late night special. Um, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I got, I got plans. Uh, Jim Riley also says, Catman could be distracted by a ping pong ball. And the groovy cat says he was he uh, at the moment he's in a hot pursuit. Uh, he was yelling, "Oh, hot pursuit!" I was yelling it in the car as I was driving. Now I've lost context of what. Why was he yelling hot pursuit? Um, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking as far as sidekick. You know, you could keep the name Robin as well. Oh yeah, and, and then if. Catman got pissed. He could just kill Robin like a cat would go after a bird anyway. Or at the end of the evening, Catman could bring Robin home in his mouth? Yeah, and put him in a cage. <laughs> uh, I gotta hear about that one. Uh, Diana also says, very funny, Tweetmatic can kiss my grits tonight. I have a private office to hide in. And the kitty has clarified his last tweet. The movie was Hot Pursuit with John Cusack and Robert Loja. So there we go. Uh, Hot Pursuit. What year was that? Uh, let me roll through. Oh, 1987. He Seven. oh he that was his follow up movie to probably one of Patrick's favorite movies. 
with Sylvester Stallone. What, Cobra? No. Good job. Good. Uh, no. But I, over the top? I, over the top to Mark. Yes. Uh, <laughs> very good. Over the top. By the way, I did see a promo. I get not a promo. I guess I saw a preview, a trailer during the weekend. I did. I mentioned. I went and saw Straight Outta Compton, and I enjoyed the movie. I know Patrick, you can make a face, and you're saying it's the last movie in the world you would go see. No, the last movie in the world I would go see would be The Sound of Music. Oh, I'm with you there. That's the only movie I root for the Nazis. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just hate that movie. I Me. hate it. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I didn't know that, Jim. I'm glad to hear that. I love musicals, but I hate the sound of music. A lot of people do. Oh, yeah. I just, I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> Is your screen dirty? You seem to be wiping the screen, Patrick. Oh, yes. Yeah, very my hatred comes from a different place. Okay, where does it come from? Well, you know, the Von Trapp family eventually settled down in Vermont. Right, okay. They have a ski lodge up there, and it's very beautiful. I mean, it, it's, it's gorgeous. And it really, they found a place that is as close to what Bavaria, the Alps, look there. I guess, you know, well, we wanted to go skiing there. And we were given such a runaround. You know, there's too many people on the mountain. Why don't you go to the gift shop and we'll get you if there's an opening? Really? They wanted you to buy souvenirs first. Go to the gift shop and pick up a few of your favorite things. Yeah. Von Tourist, yeah, then I started calling, you know, Von Tourist Trap. Oh, I like that. I love that, Mark. Yeah. And I, so many people say, oh, it's so wonderful. It's a beautiful, you, you know, it's like, fuck you, Von Traps. <laughs> oh, come on. Be nice. Yeah, I, uh, I just, I've never... People love that movie, and they go to the sing-alongs, and I should really be happy with it because it contains a rather awkward performance of one of the, the legendary Canadian actors, Christopher Plummer, but I just I just cannot get behind that movie with all the, you know, so long, farewell... And I love Rodgers and Hammerstein. I love, I mean, Oklahoma, the King and I, uh, South Pacific. And I have this great, uh, uh, I got this great musical box set with all of these in them. And the sound of music is in there. And I don't think I've even ever put it in the Blu-ray machine because I just can't do it. Why don't you just get rid of it? And no, then give more breathing room to the other one. No, because the box there would be a floppy spot in the yeah, box. Yeah, more breathing room for the other <laughs> for the other flesh. No, no, it's okay. I have no, a I no, have Jim. I have a family member who is who does like the sound of music. Well, that unfortunate. Yes, it is. It's very. I have an entire family that just relishes that. 
thing. Oh, and the best thing was that recent that recent live television version of it that was on. And I was forced to watch it with other family members. Oh, yeah. And I, ju- I loved it because it was just, there were some parts of it that were just so bad. Uh, um, it's, I guess they call it hate watching. It's like, I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't know who made the decision to cast Christopher Walken as Captain Hook. It, in Peter Pan, it did not work for me. But then again, I'm, uh, maybe that's, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just. Because, I, because you, I, I, I don't know, it's uh, Sarah Richard or uh, Hans Conry. You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, but, and I'll give him credit because the movie was so fractured. Because it's like, okay, Spielberg, I don't get what you're trying. Are you playing it straight or comedy? What's going on? Look, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, really- yeah. Yeah, that was all. And my wife loves that movie. I have problems with it. It's like I said, it it goes from really good to really stupid in like, you know, like that, like a smash cut. And I, I, to this day, it's, you know, it's like when you get good Spielberg, you get good Spielberg. This was not good Spielberg. Uh, I, I don't know if it was to placate Robin's creativity. Um, because, you know, on the set, the guy comes up with a million ideas and Spielberg probably wanted to use all of them. But I don't know, because they researched the hell out of the story. Uh, they, you know, excruciating detail, which is great, you know. And there are bits of it that I love. I love the fact that the kids were trying to teach the, the pirates baseball. <laughs> you know? And they weren't quite getting it. Uh, Stuff like that. Or the bit with Tinkerbell getting so pissed off at Peter that her one wish, you know, that whole bit, I thought, well, that's brilliant. You know? But it it was just crowded. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now now I just remembered. No, that was was Julia Roberts' Tinkerbell. Oh, I hated that. Yeah. No, I did not like that. Again, a family member... Loves that movie. Yeah. But I didn't. And the worst part was it was the year it came out. I went to Hawaii and it was on the flight there and the flight back as the only choices. So this is a while back. It's not like I could change the channel back then as you can do on flights today. It was the only thing playing, the only thing happening. And so, yeah, I, I got hooked both ways. Um, going and toing. Going and toing? Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I <laughs> Going and toing. So, yes, uh, hook was. But again, you take consolation in, 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 uh, in little parts of something, such as hook, which you don't like. You you take heart in in little performances that make you smile. Uh, Maggie Smith is Granny Wendy. Okay, I can I I have a few minutes of happiness with that. And of course, uh, Bob Hoskins is Smee, and he's re and he played the role again, and he was just as good. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. You, you know, there's been some good Peter Pan adaptations over the years. You know, there was the one, what was the one that, uh, God, oh, I, it, uh, that was good. No, there, there, the, there was one not too long ago with, uh, uh, I think, Jason Isaacs as, as, as Hook. Yes. Yeah. I think it was just, Pete, was, it, I like that one. I know, that, right? That, you know, again, it's one of those things, it's like the Oz stories. You know, it, it's like, there's so much more in there, in the stories, than just what they made up, you know, because what you're getting is the adaptation of the original play. Well, with Peter Pan, it's the play, the original pantomime play, which must be fun if you, if you know, I've read about how it's presented as a play and it sounds like it's a blast. And you kind of see that with the original Mary Martin, Sir Richard one. Yeah. Hang on, Patrick. We'll get back to you in a second. I got a question for Mark. <laughs> as long as we're on the Peter Pan side, uh, I want to know your thoughts on Neverland with uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, I want to see it. No, are you. It is. Isn't it called Neverland where he plays J.M. Barry from a few years ago? That was pretty damn good. Yeah, I have to admit, I liked that. That interesting. Like I said, when it's done right, it's you know the way how they keep looking at it at different angles. It's it's re same thing with Alice in Wonderland. You know, through the Looking Glass. Right. There's so much. You know, the last thing that Disney did with Mr. Depp, unfortunately, was like, whoa, they video game eyes this, didn't they? You know. And he, again, it's him Burton making wants to make a lot of money, so he, you know, crapped that one out pretty fast. And I don't know, I'm going to get shit for saying that. But no, I'm that's, sorry. that's fine. Uh, and uh, I think uh, I don't know. Again, that was another preview that I saw on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Is uh, what's it called? Dark Matter, or uh, it's uh, it's Johnny Depp playing Whitey Bulger. Yes, I want to see. Oh boy, do I want to see that? Looked good. I yeah. I thought okay that. Uh, he's... Well, it was good because Disney made a truckload of money on it, and, you know, on that. And it was like, okay, why not, you know? But, you know, you look at that and it's like, okay, I want good Tim Burton again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. not Cruise. And you got it with um, the story about the artist, uh, husband and wife. The big eye artist. Um, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You got it. I mean, when Tim, it seems like when he's inspired by something. Wasn't that? Wasn't wasn't Christoph Waltz in that? Just yeah, yeah. He. Yeah. I just can't. I can't think of the name of the movie. Uh, yeah. But when when you get Tim Burton on all cylinders, boy, same thing. But when you get him on cruise control, it's like got another mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, uh, you a big Peter Pan fan, Patrick? Not even close. <laughs> you like the peanut butter? Uh, yeah, the peanut butter is fine. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> there, that's the only Peter Pan you like. Yeah, you, I, I, you, I dealt with the cartoon. You uh, like you like a Peter Pan that sticks to the roof of your mouth. But, Patrick, <laughs> hasn't it been something that you've read from childhood? that's been adapted on television or, you know, movies that you're like, really guys, is this the best you can do? The field stripping manual for the M1. Yeah, that's probably about it there, Tim. I mean, 
I got to be honest, as, as a kid, um, it was the uh, Dr. Seuss shit. Um, but you know what? I haven't, in fact, um, I saw part of Horton Here's a Who, and only part of it. And I wanted to give it a shot because I knew the backstory of it. And I wanted to see what um, uh, Susan Mia Copa was for his treatment of the Japanese in World War II. So I thought, okay, I never read the story. And I thought, all right, let's, I, I couldn't stand it. I, I shut it off. I, I don't like any of the movie adaptation of uh, Seuss. Uh, I hated Grinch. Um, I, I just, I don't have anything from childhood that was made in the movie that, yeah, shit, I didn't do a whole hell of a lot of reading, I guess. I was more into doing my art than reading. I mean, I was painting all the time and drawing. Um, I would watch my cartoons, um, or Did you ever see the Looney Tunes adaptation of Horton? Horton hatches the egg? Uh, I don't recall what I may have. It's one of the first, well, there, there were two puppet tune adaptations, the first of Dr. Seuss's stuff that were done quite well. And then because uh, Geisel had a bit of a relationship with uh, the Warner Brothers, they did you know, Horton hatches the egg. And again, you have these things in your mind. And then later on, you know, growing up in this, you know, especially in the sixties when they did the Grinch, I was really, you, you know, and I, you know, I'm a little far less critical of it because, you know, it's, it, it's a simple story, but when they try to make it more, you know, Ron Howard makes the Grinch with uh, Jim Carrey as the uh, Grinch. I'm like, I hate Jim Carrey to begin with. Yeah, I do too. And he's Canadian, I, and I hate him. I can't yeah, think but, one movie that I like of his. But the point I'm trying to make is there's certain things that should not be padded and re try to be fit in to something it's not. Even though, even though, then and this might appeal to Patrick. I have had a long held desire in my heart it, it if i could produce something if i had some money and and i could get the rights and i could get somebody a specific person to read them i would like to get the dr seuss stories read in their entirety on for audio presentation by former marine lee ermy <laughs> best known uh, full metal jacket as the drill as the gunnery sergeant i would just love to have him read the dr seuss stories He'd do it oh he He'd would and he would do it with gusto green eggs and ham no <laughs> yeah no <laughs> i just i just love i um yeah i just i love how uh Again, it's it's a it's a movie that I mean it's an old movie now. Uh, uh, not a lot of people, even to this day, know it. Uh, 
Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. Sure. I oh, just, oh yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> when he shows up in spectral Yeah, and you know, you know exactly who, you know, it's like. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. when he's firing the, you know, like the twin 50 caliber machine guns in the, uh, in the graveyard as a as a spook it's just amazing uh hey you're talking about uh, remakes of things i don't know if i've mentioned it on the show i took my life in my hands and i actually saw uh, guy ritchie's version of the man from uncle and i did not hate it i, I the experience, I listen, I paid the extra money. I mentioned this before. I paid the extra money for the so-called D-box experience where the seat okay. moves. Yeah. Oh, okay. The yeah. seat moves. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would not do it again, but I've, I decided to try it. You know why I decided to try it? Because uh, our queen of Gabnet, Miranda Janelle, uh, she loves movies. She She has access to all these great theaters. In the uh, in the Southern California area, she's got the comfy chairs. She had never had the 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 moving chair experience, and I thought I'm going to go do this so I can try. It. Yeah, okay, it's kind of cool. It it car crashes, fights, the chair kind of bounces around all over the place. I would not do it again in the future. I'd be quite happy just with what it was, but I did not hate the man from Uncle. I thought. Ooh, they get it. They kind of kept that 60s style. It was cool. I thought the two guys were great. Uh, inspired casting of uh, Hugh Grant as, as Waverly. I, I enjoyed it. I just, uh, so I can recommend it. Yes, Patrick. As in, in the past, uh, when Cisco and Ebert were Cisco and Ebert, uh, did they ever review a movie by saying I didn't hate it? <laughs> Possibly. I think they had. I think there was a time when they said I didn't hate it. Hey, that's high praise coming from me. Oh, by the way, I had uh, we had talked about this on the program also at some point in the past, and I just I read about this yesterday, and I wanted to bring it. To mention the uh, the uh, the so-called bringing back to the screen of the TV series Coach has met with a with a death. A stake has been driven into the heart of it, and it is no longer happening. Good. It turns out they got everybody together, and they they produced some scripts, and they did some test shows. <laughs> and the uh, and one executive was quoted as saying it kind of comes across as a 90s sitcom. Well, no shit. It's that's what you were doing. It comes across as a 90s sitcom. So I don't know what that says for the possible uh resurrection of Elf. Uh, you know the, the <laughs> no, I would not for that. But you know, I I think we we talked about some other shows that are being resurrected as the sequels. Right. Um, they're going to follow the same formula. I mean, they're going to be set in modern time, but 
what would what would they have been expecting out of coach? I mean that that's like that's like getting a woman pregnant and then when she says I'm pregnant, you're surprised. I, what were you expecting? Uh, I don't know. Wow. I just thought that was funny. It came across kind of like a '90s sitcom. No shit. Oh wow! I so much for, uh, so much for return to Gomer's pile. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna come across. Uh, yeah, retired Marine Private Gomer Pyle uh, operates a gas station. So I don't know what the hell. Mash, you can bring back Hawkeye. They did but, that. They did uh, that. BJ is still alive. They, yeah. You could, you could. Yeah, but did they? <laughs> did you think they could have adapted maybe some of the Mash books? Mash goes to Maine. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. no, I don't. I don't know that. Uh, 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 what's his name? I, I I always get. I always because he had a real name, the author, and then he had his pen name that he went by. The guy who wrote the Mash stuff. And he really hated, from what I understand, the TV series with a passion. Even though I'm sure he made lots of money on it. Yeah. yeah. Just like Robert Altman seemed to hate the TV series. But I'm sure, hey, Robert Altman's son probably didn't hate the TV series. He made a bucket load of money off of that song. 17 years old when he writes that song. And I'm sure the residuals to this day... Keep it, keep them uh, well off. Absolutely, and, Abs that, and that, I mean, you know, what, what the hell? Everything else is being sequeled. I mean, you, you could have, um, you could have them in a in a nursing home now. You know, kind of instead <laughs> of being the doctor, they're now in the nursing homes. Oh, that you would know? be interesting. <laughs> That's not how you take a rectal temperature. This is how you take a rectal temperature. Yeah, you take it. <laughs> I mean, I was such a fan of that show. I even liked Aftermash. I kind of liked Aftermash too. It had, I, it, it, it had a yeah, but uh, yeah. Oh well, I mean. You know, there was that point with MASH, though. I mean, the stories were still good, but... Again, and we've talked about this with other TV shows, there comes a point where, even if you're doing sort of a historical TV show, there comes a point, like... I'll mention Happy Days. It's set in a certain time, but it gets to the point in production where it's been on a few years, where the cast says, oh, fuck it, I'm not cutting my hair that way anymore. I, 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 you know, I'm going to have a modern day haircut and, and you got like, uh, Mike Farrell and mash with a haircut that didn't look like it was part of the 1950s and that mustache and all that other is, and it's the same like Potsy and Ralph. I mean, they look like they had 1980s hairdos. It's yeah, no, screw it. We're not doing that anymore. We'll put the clothes on. We'll do this. We'll do that. But I'm not, uh, yeah. Vernon Shirley moving to California. It's oh, like, God, that was horrible. Uh, really, guys? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the, the problem I've always had with Happy Days 
is the representation of Milwaukee. It, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard now, about it. Now, Arnold does exist. It, it's a real location. And it's still there. But it just... Um, you know, I mean, I, I want the show... And even as a kid, I'm going, well, where the fuck is this at? You know? Um, so, I, I, you know, that, that, and Laverne and Shirley, the same thing. Didn't, uh, Mark should be able to tell, didn't uh, Eric Idle show up on Laverne and Shirley when they had moved to California at one point? I think he was in an episode. All I'm thinking was, didn't Jesse Jackson show up on an episode of Happy Days? <laughs> I'm like, there, there was something that was so absurd ne next to Mark, you know. Yeah. But it made sense with the 50s, with the UFO craze and stuff like that. That made that kind of made a sense. I'll, I'll tell you where I think, again, and, and you know, I, I'm not writing a, uh, I, I'm not trying to get a doctorate and writing a thesis on on Happy Days. But in my opinion, when Happy Days went off the rails, and it's not the jumping the shark thing, it, it was before that. It was when they changed it from a filmed show to a three-camera sitcom. You know, those early episodes are on film, one camera. It kind of works. It's nice that way. It, you know, it had a, it had a feel like it was being filmed in the fifties. Yeah. That's what you're right. That that's a very good point. It's it's why I like the first season of the Dukes of Hazard because they were filmed on location out of Hollywood, and then they said, "Oh, this show is going to be great. We want to continue it for years and years. We really got to cut the budget down. We'll just move it all to Burbank in the back lot." And and the and uh, uh, the Golden Oaks Ranch that that we own, and we'll just drive the cars around here, and it looks just so, you know. And I I feel stupid saying that uh, anything after the first year of the Dukes of Hazard looks phony. I mean that's, that's oh it, it doesn't look uh, it don't look authentic as it did in the first year. Uh, uh, yeah. But that that's how I feel even with Happy Days. I mean, it never represented Milwaukee as such, but the original uh, uh, Arnold, and you're right, with the single camera. Oh, you mean and Al, Al Molinero? Just, yeah, and I mean, um, even with Fonzie before the leather jacket, it was just more, I don't know, it seemed more authentic and more real for well, being out there. You know what else got me? And this this goes back to um, even Lucas's film, which really was the impetus. American Graffiti. Yeah, this is. They all had shiny new cars, hot rods and stuff. And it wasn't until uh, artist Robert Williams pointed out to me that back then you didn't have the money to afford a new car. You went to the junkyard. Yeah. And you bought crap and you made something new with it. Right. And and the teenagers of that time in 62 were driving 
crap things that they were getting cheap from the 40s to the early 50s that were like beat up. No, yeah, when but, I, but the whole hot rod thing. Yeah. Was from literally from the junkin. Yeah, what's going to no, afford? I, you know, I totally. I'm. I'm right. Yes, Patrick. My uncle um, had a. I want to say it was a '56 uh, Ford, um, and he. I mean, this is when he was a uh, a kid, um, and he. He did all the repairs on it, all the work, all the body work to make it look like something. And he learned pinstriping by doing it on his own. He said nobody could afford, you know, a new, nobody had a new car of his, you know, of his friends. So that's a good point too, Mark, that, you know, you made something of it, whether it you painted it or you just got it to work. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. Hang on, guys. We're going to have to take a break for a second. When we come back, I got some, uh, I got some breaking news that uh, I want to, I want to share with anybody, with everybody. Uh, you're listening to Revelstoke Gems Canadian content. People magazines. Sexiest Man of the Year for 1993. You're listening to Revelstoke Jim. I got some breaking news from out on the field from our uh, man on the street, our cat on the street. Uh, he has uh, been keeping me apprised with updates on this very special evening. Because if you didn't know it. Oh, that's right. The Star Wars Episode 7 toys are starting to show up on store shelves. I don't think they're available for sale yet, but certain people have seen them. And, of course, there are uh, nerdgasms going on all over North America. People are just wanting their Star Wars toys. Uh, I bet you're so excited about the new Star Wars toys, Patrick. I'm sorry, there's a new movie coming out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I wasn't aware of that. Hey, let's talk about that. I sent you a message saying that possibly Max von Sydow is going to play a very old Boba Fett. That is beyond <laughs> comprehension, considering it would confirm that Boba Fett being a damn clone uh, is, uh, my God, uh, not white. 
<laughs> no, in fact, Max, Max von Sydow is a rather older Swedish gentleman. Yes. Uh, I do not know how that plays into the storyline now. Uh, you suggested there was some possible bleaching that may have occurred in the Sarlacc pit. In the Sarlacc pit. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, it amazes me because if if they're going to continue uh, making these movies in between the, the uh, sequel movies. That's right. Um, and Lucasfilms and Disney had a big deal going on about three or four years ago when everything started merging that they decided they decided what was canon, what was non-canon, what was legend, what was, you know, already different categories for what had happened in the Star Wars universe. And um Tamora uh the hell is his last name? Uh Morrison that the guy that played Django Fett. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. I, I can't remember what his name is. Tomorrow, uh, he, he's, from, he's from New Zealand, I think. Yes. And so was the kid that played Boba Fett. I think they are, in fact, Maori. Yes. And, okay, so those are in <laughs> movies that are considered canon. Where the hell do you get an old white guy? Because the original Boba Fett was played by uh, Jeremy Bullock, who is a English gentleman. Who is now an uh, old white guy. Who is an old white guy, but we never saw him. No, that's true. When you see Attack of the Clones, you see what the clones look like and what Boba Fett looked like. And yes, the stormtroopers are different now because they're no longer clones, but Boba Fett is Boba Fett. Not Matt Von That is the most bizarre <laughs> shit I've heard in. You know what? I, I I want you to save all those thoughts because I'm sure those ideas and and suggestions and theories will be better answered and questioned on a, a little program called. Well, hello, everybody. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> the queen of Gabnet herself, uh, Miranda Janelle, and I'm sure she's going to have stuff to say uh, about uh, about just all that Star Wars news that's coming out. In fact, hang on. Uh, let me just... Uh, uh, I think I had uh, a note here she left me. She said she might call... And if she did call, I was to, uh, oh, hang on. That could be Miranda right now. Hang on. Um, let me just find the phone. I hate to miss the queen's call. Uh, hello, log broadcasting center, uh, Revelstoke Jim. Oh, oh, uh, Miranda. Yeah. Okay. What? Oh, you're listening to the show. You're at work. Hang on. Let me just, let me try to put you. Do you want to talk about the Star Wars stuff now or, or later? What? I can't hear you. Oh, you're kind of worn out. Oh, hang on. You just tell the audience. 
how your day's going, okay? Hang on one sec. Here, I'm going to put you on speakerphone. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired, and I can't stop talking about it. Uh, okay, well, then <laughs> you, can, uh, you can talk about it on Getting Geeky tomorrow, and I appreciate your call. Okay, bye-bye. There she goes. Uh, that's the lovely Miranda Janelle, who will be here in this time slot, uh, 9 p.m. Western time uh, on Gavnet.net. You know what? i just looking at the time. I've been talking a long time. If, if this is going to be uh, Wednesdays in the future, I'll be quite happy. Of course, I'll have already told a, uh, a, uh, a moose poop story uh, with my buddy, the moose. Uh, yeah, did you take a second moose? Pardon? Did you name the second moose? Have I named my second moose? No, I have not. What, mm. what, what kind of a moose keeper are you? <laughs> I'm a bad moose keeper. Well, somebody said I should call him Knuckle, and I thought uh, I went and looked up Moose Knuckle, and it was not something I wanted to call my moose. <laughs> Murgatroyd, uh, and you know the best moose name, of course, is Taken. I cannot call him Bullwinkle. I mean, I'm sorry. What a great name, but. Uh, I'll come up with something. I'll I'll figure it out. I'll have more time. I'll have a week at a time to think of this stuff. Call him Twinkle Toes. <laughs> Twinkle Toes. I I don't know. Hey, I uh, got a tweet from Jim Riley who says he, or did I even say this earlier? He heard the news earlier. Yes. Uh, he says his full office. I can't even say it. Hang on. If I flub, a, uh, there's a button I'm supposed to push if I can't say words. If talking is hard. <laughs> there we go. Um, uh, Jim Riley says, my philosophy is whatever it takes to make you happy. Hey, that's my philosophy, too. I like that. And, and Diana says, Winkle Wednesday. Uh, no. No. Simple as that. <laughs> it just bullshit upon bullshit upon bullshit. Uh, there we go. Thank you, Patrick, for adding that comment to uh, whatever the hell's happening tonight. <laughs> uh, I do have a message coming in, I can tell, because it's it's interesting how some of the messages show up first on my iPad before they actually show up on my desktop. Even though it's the same Twitter account. Oh, there it is. I can read it now. I can't read it on my iPad because I've got the wrong glasses on. Uh, the Groovy Cat. Oh, this will be a great place to end the show. He always says the funniest things. He's pithy. He's witty. Hey, he's the pithy kitty. I think you're supposed to do something to them if they're if they're pithy kitties. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it involves the vet. Uh, he actually says, "Named your second moose? Is that a, a moofism for something else?" Ooh. Ooh. Wow, that's deep. The kitty's taking it to the Freudian level. Wow. Wow. I might just have to send the kitty back that 
image I sent to him at the beginning of the program just to I keep... I think that would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I think just to keep him in line and uh, let him know that, uh, again, our thoughts are always with him, no matter where he is or what he's doing. Hey, Mark and Patrick, thank you very much for talking with me tonight. I'm glad that uh, everything worked. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Like I said, I'll be here on Friday. I'm going to finish out the week. Uh, there will be a live show on Friday. Uh, come back to GabNet tomorrow for Damian Chaplin's Exchange, Alex Bennett and the Harlem Home Companion. And of course, <laughs> getting geeky with Miranda Janelle. And I'll be back on Friday for my last live Friday show of just normal stuff. And then, of course, uh, uh, the Revelstoke Gym specials that I will keep you apprised of on Twitter and Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Rev Jim Can Con. On Facebook, Revelstoke Gym's Canadian content. Do we have any new followers? And now I feel like I'm listening to Midnight Movie Nights. Uh, let's find out if we have any new followers. Do we have any new followers, Kitty? Do I? Uh, hang on. Uh, let's see if we have any new followers. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we'd like to thank Mr. Brad Raven for the show graphics. No. Uh, the Blue Waffle Podcast. Thank you very much, Blue Waffle Podcast, for following us. Uh, the First Lady of Beer is now following us as well. Uh, and I think I mentioned it before, the, the podcast, The Mayor versus The Noob. And uh, Mike Hooker is now following us as well. So those are all the people following Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content on Twitter. Why don't you do it? It's just that easy. You do it, right, Patrick? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm I'm tweeting all the time, but I don't tweet garbage. When I tweet something, it really it it's impactful, and I think you would agree with that. That's true. When when at Tessic eleven thirty eight tweets, there is no chafing involved. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, let me. Oh, did something come in for me, or is that just a tweet? Nope, nothing for me. I'm going to go. Have a great night, gentlemen. I'm going to put my hat back on. By the way, for those of you playing the home game, uh, I got my stitches out, and it doesn't hurt that much anymore. Uh, I still don't know if there's anything in my head or not. Time will tell. <laughs> I'll find out one day. Again, I think my doctor is just sitting at home trying to figure out the best way to say there's nothing in your head, Jim. That would do it. Yeah, that would do it. And then I could say, I've known that all my life. What am I paying you for? But then again, I'm Canadian. I'm not paying shit. <laughs> Have a nice night, gentlemen. Bye. Toodles. There they go. The, uh, that's Mark and Patrick. Or Patrick and Mark. Or Martrick. Or Matt. However you want to put it. Hey, by the way, sad news. Sad news. The king and queen of Canada, Avril Lavigne, and Chad Kroger are breaking up after a couple of years of marriage. Uh, or as we affectionately call them here in Canada, 
Chadville. Yeah, Chadville. Uh, he of Nickelback and she of just being Advil, ad, <laughs> not Advil Levine, Avril Levine. Oh, God. Anyway, hey, let's uh, let's get ready to say goodbye and pay some bills. Tonight's program was brought to you by the Pooping Well Corporation. Keeping the regular people of British Columbia regular for the past 100 years. Makers of adult strength pooping good. And the kids grape flavored pooptastic. Ask your pharmacist for the big red box of relief. The Pooping Well Corporation. Dropping the deuce since 1902. Uh, that's it for me. I uh, want to thank the groovy cat, Diana of the Night, Jim Riley, Tom Yamaguchi, Donk7, and anybody else who was listening, even if you didn't tweet, thanks for listening. Uh, you can catch this show at gabnet.net, iTunes, it'll be around. And I'll see you on Friday. And remember, we're just changing things up a bit. Wednesday night will be my night. Wednesday is when you can get your moose poop. It will still be fresh as ever and just as pungent. Please take care of yourselves. And until next time, well, you know, as I often say, we'll see you a little further on down the road. Bye-bye. when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you.